Hello, and welcome back to Five Things. I'm your host, Angie B. And as always, I'm thrilled you're here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. December is about all things sustainability, renewable energy, ocean conservation, etc. And this week's episode is specifically about renewable energy. My guest today is Tony Tio. Tony is the founder of Renewables in Africa, which is a clean energy company providing project origination and project development services, as well as market insights. Renewables in Africa is also a media platform about renewable energy in Africa. I also call Tony Mr. BBC because he's a regular contributor to several programs on the network as their renewable energy and technology expert. In addition to being an entrepreneur, he is also a published author public, and public speaker who believes in changing the world through clean energy solutions. And I am so happy that he has taken time from his really busy schedule to be a guest on the show. Tony, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I think uh, it was long overdue, right? So first, finally, we have it. So we have it, so let's get it done. <laughs> yes, I, I really appreciate you coming on. So yeah, I basically want to talk about five different areas. And I want to kick off with your origin story. It's okay. really interesting that... Mm-hmm you are in a completely different industry and a little bit of background context for the listeners. I've known Tony for a few years now and his story is amazing. And I've had the opportunity to be a part of his really fantastic webinars. And I've learned a lot about his background and and I'm just fascinated with how you were able to transition from where you were to where you are now and all of the hard work and determination that went into that. So if you can just share a little bit of where you were and how you transitioned into renewable space. Oh, exactly. Thank you. So uh, thank you, Angela, for that. So essentially, so I was an automotive engineer, right? So at the time, I was working for, uh, for Ford, right? Ford Motor Company. I guess everybody know that and uh, know the company, obviously. So I was part of an organization called the Association for Black Engineers in the UK. And this organization, so we were doing a number of things. And one of them was actually organizing very interesting conferences and forum, right? And we organized one that was called the Electrification of Africa. And it was a brilliant one. I think we had amazing speakers. I can't remember the name, but I know the topic was very much great. And in fact, what I remember from this conference was actually one picture, which is quite famous now across the world, which is that uh, is a satellite image of the distribution of power across the globe. And then, the reason it actually stuck, it got stuck into my mind is because that was actually the very first time I realized that uh, the continent of Africa had a problem in terms of electrification because I never really realized it this way. So I have to say, right, I spent part of my life uh, in, in Cameroon, so that's where I'm originally from. So when you're there, so, you know, being in the dark, <laughs> you're used to that like everybody, right? And it's when you go abroad, you go to other places, and that you're able to see that, okay, there's, there's certainly a difference. And looking at that image, I was able to see, okay, clearly I can see there's a problem there. And it literally just shocked me. So just long story short, so I decided that I wanted to be part of the solution. And then I, I literally just decided that at that time, I was going to, you know, Find, find a way into the energy sector and um, the rest is a bit of our history. I'm sure you're going to be coming about some of those uh, highlights, you know, in the, in the course of this uh, interview. So I'm just going to stop it from now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. What, what I think is super interesting about this is that you 
realize something that made you think deeply about a serious problem and that you wanted to take action. Mm -hmm. What were some of the challenges you faced in your transition coming from the motor industry mm. into the renewable energy and energy space? How did you overcome them? What were they and how did you overcome them? Well, that's a great question. It's a great question. Because uh, usually say that, you know, once you realize that, okay, there is a problem and I want to be part of the solution, that's absolutely great, right? But, and you feel happy about that. But almost literally the second after that, you start having doubts. You start asking yourself a number of questions. You're going to be asking yourself questions like, you know, so by the way, what technology am I going to be involved with? Right? Because if I say I want to go to energy, I want to go to renewables. So there, are, there are multiple technologies, right? So you, you don't know where to go. You also ask yourself, you know, do I have the right skills? Where can I find the right information? So am I smart enough? So is it just vanity from my side or I really want to go into that? I think you start having a lot of doubts. I think the first issue I would say is just to overcome that first, right? Just to understand that, okay, it wasn't just, uh, let's say, uh, something that happened in the moment and the next second, uh, the second afterwards, then <laughs> you completely back, back into your life. So I had to overcome that first, right? Because obviously over a few days that, few days and months, you know, the ideas got stuck into my mind. I understood that now I wanted to definitely get something done, right, at my level. So once you resolve it and you know, okay, I want to move into that sector and see what I can bring. And you looking to find a job, which was, which was what I did because as an engineer, so I've always been a proud engineer, right? And uh, one thing I've always been proud of, and I knew that, you know, I have engineering skills. I've always been told, at least <laughs> when I was at uni, that's what I was told. You have transferable skills. So it was a time for me now to test it, right? And the best way to test it is to see if you can break into another industry using those transferable skills. So uh, I, I went through, uh, I applied to many, many, uh, for many job applications. And then uh, unfortunately, I couldn't break through. It helped for me to say that that was actually at the time of the previous uh, uh, economic crisis that was around 2008, 2009. That was, that was the time. So I'm sure you understand that the context wasn't also favorable because at that time, you know, company was losing job as, as opposed to just taking uh, a, job, a job on board. So definitely I had a, a sort of tough task, yeah? So I was engaging with recruiters and one thing I want to say to people, in fact, I clearly understood at that point uh, that recruiter was not going to help me on the, long, uh, on the long run for the simple reason that if you understand the nature of this job, which is simply to, to place, uh, I would say, uh, the best candidate for the position that mm -hmm. a company will open, that's how they're making their money. It's a little bit like they say, somebody come and say to you, give me the best product that you have. So I have to make sure that I find something that meets this criteria. If it's not the case, I won't do that. I won't, uh, I won't try it because I know I won't win, especially in competition. So the crew uh, uh, was not going to help me. So I sort of figured out that I needed to find my own way in. So I came up with this plan, which was about uh, uh, get myself into a, uh, a company, okay, Okay, in certainly in the automotive, but that was wide enough that had an energy department that would allow me once I'm inside the company to make a transversal move into energy and from there work my way into uh, a, a renewable energy. So that's what I did. And you have multiple other challenges that, for example, convince the company once you're inside that you're good enough to be able to handle another, another task. When you into the other task, you need to, to demonstrate that uh, they were right to, to trust you. So that means finding project. If you find project, then you need to obviously make sure that project are successful. And then uh, and after that, you need to grow the account as a business manager. So that, uh, that's what I did. And ultimately, when I decided after that uh, to move on my own and create my own company to move ahead, 
you have a whole range of other problems that come uh, that come to you because you become all of a sudden an entrepreneur, right? So you're not free anymore. So right. yes, there were many, many, many challenges. But I just sort of, I thought it was a little bit long, but I was just sort of summarize it to you. Yes. No, I, I super appreciate you sharing all of that information because, I mean, several things. Number one, perseverance, hard work, understanding the nature of the industry and what you're trying to do, understanding the long-term challenges that come with, you know, working with a recruiter, as you mentioned, and also very valuable there is I I wouldn't be surprised if this is something people that want to switch their careers to something different would face. So I just find that to be really valuable because, um, and, and I this was a conversation that I, or, or a topic that I had in October, September and October with like nonlinear career trajectories and what it takes to go from one, you know, from one place to another and how life takes you down different roads. So that's got me thinking about that. But I just, I, I think there's so much value in what you said in setting, I guess, an expectation for listeners of this is, you know, this is oftentimes what it takes. But I think, and I also think it's interesting that there, you did have that underlying foundation as an engineer that helped in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, just to rebound very quickly on what you said, so I know I, <laughs> I like to be doing a lot of publicity for engineering. But the reason it's a great career, because I've always said to people, in fact, if you don't know where to go in life, I think you're making a safe bet with engineering because it opens more doors as opposed to closing to you. So no disrespect at all for any other uh, professions. But let's say that if you go and do sociology, right? So if it happened that you can't find a job in this, uh, uh, in this direction later on. So it becomes quite difficult to change and do something else. It's not impossible, by the way. Nothing is impossible. I mean, uh, if you really have the, uh, the, uh, the will to, uh, to, uh, right. to go for it. Where but, there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. That's, that's always been one of my mantra. So, but it makes it a little bit more difficult, whereby as an engineer, like I say, so like I said, pretty much, you can pretty much do almost everything. Uh, and that's something that I... I've all been uh, a conscious of, you know, I've always said to myself, you can do anything as long as you put your mind into it. And in fact, having an engineering degree will help you in that sense, because uh, you have the, the skills and the capability that you've developed to be able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah, I think an engineering degree and engineering background is useful in so many ways. Um, you know, as our STEM, STEM degrees and, and things like this. So I, I really appreciate you, you sharing that. So now I want to switch um, to the other topic, which is around renewable energy itself, because there, because there are, and, and, and I asked this, I'm asked, I want to ask this question because I know that solar energy is a big, big part of what you do. And mm -hmm. so I just for the listeners, because there are other types of renewable energies, right? Wind, um, hydro, hydro, right? Water, mm -hmm. solar. So what is the area that, that you specialize in? And what are, the, what are key things that people should know about these differences between yeah. these renewable so energies? Yeah, that's a very, uh, a very, very good question. So I'm sure your listener will know that my company is called Renewables in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. So we we working on different sources of renewables. Now, what happened is most of the job that we do will be in solar for one simple reason. This is the mature technology that we have at the moment, and then the more mature compared to all the uh, all the other. And if you're looking at the African continent, for example, right? So the one single, uh, single thing that people should know about that, about Africa, is that solar is the one source that is widespread across the continent. All the other sources are not as well distributed in, 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 in the continent. For example, you know, uh, if you're looking for hydro, you need to go that simple. Like I said, people, if you go, many people ask me the question, 
where uh, where can I find um, uh, uh, region that I good for hydro? I say that simple. Follow the water. <laughs> That's where it is. So, right. <laughs> obviously, if you go to a desert, it'll be difficult for you to. <laughs> yeah, hard to set up a hydropower plant in <laughs> exactly. the middle of the Sahara or the middle of the desert, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, uh, follow the rain. If you, if you know where where it rains a lot, most likely that's where you can set up uh, your your uh, your hydro. And same uh, same thing for for, for for biomass. And in fact, solar is the only source that you can have anywhere in the continent, whether you go in uh, 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 North Africa, West Africa, East Africa, Central Africa, Southern Africa, you know, you can pretty much, uh, you can, you pretty much guarantee that yes, you can develop a solar project if you wanted to. And, and that's just for Africa. And obviously across the world, so the, the, the industry has reached a scale, meaning that now we can have an interest, it has become very, very much competitive compared to other sources, especially uh, including uh, uh, fossil fuel. But besides solar, just to respond specifically to, uh, to your question, so I've also looked at um, wind, uh, a wind project. In fact, it's quite interesting because when I started my career in renewables, I was specializing a little bit more into wind. So that was actually in the UK. And oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. You see, that's the reason we're having your podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reason people should listen. <laughs> so Agreed. <laughs> so uh, I started in the wind and especially looking at uh, uh, offshore wind, right? Because for wind, just to make it simple, so you have onshore, that means it's uh, inland and offshore, you know, that's up in the sea. So that uh, just to make it uh, uh, simple for people to, to, to understand. And the reason was quite simple, because I was breaking into the industry and uh, been in the UK, so it's not the sunniest country in the world. Yes, there is a, there is a vibrant uh, solar uh, uh, community, uh, uh, solar industry here, but, uh, but, but clearly the dominant one, the one that the government supports a lot, is the offshore wind, right? So that's, uh, and that's the reason, uh, as I was looking for project, that's where I started. So I've developed that uh, good knowledge about wind. And in fact, I've actually even written, which I still believe is the only book talking about the wind industry in Africa. So I, uh, I, I wrote it that was uh, back in uh, uh, 2017. So I do have that, uh, that, that experience on, on, on wind, but obviously uh, I've touched on many projects in, 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 in solar. But beside those two, we've also looked at waste to energy because that's something as all uh, uh, people in the continent are very interested interested in for obvious reason. Angela, I think you've been to 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 uh, uh, to Africa to many many countries in Africa, so I'm sure you recognize that you know dealing with waste it's uh, a pressing issue, put it that way. However, the technology it's still a bit expensive, and there is none that I would say is mature enough to be to be developed uh, 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 at scale. So yeah, so to respond again to another facet of your question, yes, there are different sources. So in uh, in nutshell, you have solar, you have wind. That's the most uh, uh, the most uh, the most famous, the most known. And then you have hydro as well. In fact, hydro that's probably the oldest form of a renewable. That's what has been. Uh, exploited for you know many years and decades now, certainly in, in the African continent. Uh, it's just like uh, obviously to do hydro project, it still involves a lot of uh, emission and carbon. That's why sometimes people don't want to count it uh, that much as a, as a renewable, but it's a renewable source. So uh, uh, I, I have to say. And after that, you have what I say, uh, biomass and also waste to energy, and you also have geothermal. Geothermal, yeah, that's. Those are, uh, yeah, some of the uh, renewable energy sources that are out there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. A couple of things that you that you mentioned that stood out to me, and and I do want to get back to waste energy and other types of opportunities that are there in in, in a little bit. But I wanted to first um, segue into the next topic, and that is what renewables mean in our society and their usage widespread or lack thereof of renewables, particularly solar in 
our societies, the US, the UK, um, mm-hmm. Europe, if solar power, you know, solar power is the most popular and mm-hmm. it's the most easily geographically easy to use, um, right? Because you can, as long as there's sunshine, yep. you, you can set up a solar panel or grids or a system around it. Why has it not become even more widespread than what it is? I, I was, because I'm very curious about this. And, and yes, you know, when you mentioned earlier, I lived in Sierra Leone for two years and power is, a, is, is an area that the country's focusing on to reduce energy poverty in, in the country and also in the region. So it, when I was pulling up some information, and I'll link to all of these articles and sources on the website, but I read that in 2019, renewable energy sources accounted for 11% of total U.S. energy consumption and about 70% of electricity generation. That same in the same year, 2019, um, renewable production generated 37.9% of total electricity in the UK, which is you know almost half, which is pretty good. And in 2018, renewable energy represented 18.9% of energy consumed in the EU. I feel that this should be bigger. I feel like the market share should be larger at this point, knowing what we know, knowing you know, the great benefits that it, you know, climate change benefits, sustainability benefits. Why, why isn't it as widespread yet? And I know that's a big question. So maybe you can speak specifically to why it's different and, you know, different in the UK versus the US, but why isn't this more popular, more mainstream? That's an excellent question. <laughs> we may actually do a whole podcast on that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you would say that because there's probably like 55 million different things at play here, right? Policy, yeah. governments, investments, all of these types of things. Well, I think, uh, and, and, and it's quite interesting because you actually... Uh, mentioning uh, some of those reasons, right? But let me let me attempt to to provide some answers to that, right? Some some light into that. So I'm just going to leave the biggest for uh, for the last. Yeah, I'm just going to say uh, there are three things that I can see first, right? Before I finish the biggest. So the regulation has a big impact into into uh, uh, renewables, right, and energy. Because if the if the sector has an example, if the sector has not been decentralized, then it becomes a little bit difficult for project to uh, to emerge. You still have many countries, right, maybe not in the in 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 the US or in in the UK and Europe, where it has not been decentralized, but still in many in many countries across the world. So it's still not uh, allowed by the law. For project to uh, uh, to generate electricity and to sell it, if you're not uh, selling it to the national grid, right? So that means that for you to then come up and design a big solar project, wind project, so it becomes difficult then for you to know who you're going to sell it to. I'm sure you could be uh, uh, telling me that okay. So if I can't sell it to the grid, then I can sell it to a private customer, but that is if the law allows it. And in many countries, it's still not possible. So that's what it's, uh, it's it, one of the, um, the, uh, the, the big issue. I've just highlighted just one point that could that explain why there is still not that big take up that you were refer, uh, referring to. So it relies a lot into the, uh, the, 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 the regulations, right? And then you have the finance, which is a big part of it, because yes, the big difference between renewables and fossil fuel is that renewables is capital intensive. So when you build a project, you need a lot of money. But when it comes to operation, so it's pretty much nothing, right? Whereas fossil fuel is the opposite. So the money you need to produce, you know, because now you have the economy of scale, it's not that much, right? It could be even half, even a third of what you would spend for, for, uh, for, for a solar project. However, on the long run, to operate the, the plant, uh, 
you will spend a lot of money. And if you look at the lifetime cost, right? So you actually find out that in many cases, so renewable projects are either competitive or even cheaper, right? The problem is people, when they talk about the cost, they, they, they talk about just the, the, um, the, uh, the capital that needs to be injected uh, uh, at first. So that's, uh, that's where the, the debate can sometimes be skewed. They also complain that uh, there is an unfair advantage for renewable because they are receiving subsidies. But it's also, this is also, uh, for me, a false debate because fossil fuel, even now, are still receiving uh, uh, subsidies as well, a lot of it, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, th that's why not. And the third reason I would say is also society because, yes, it has become, I can tell you, definitely uh, renewable is become, becoming a, a very trendy topic. When I started developing an interest, you know, 10 years ago, it surely was starting to become a little bit more popular, but clearly it wasn't what it, what it, what it is now. Definitely not. And uh, now everybody's talking about that. Now, bringing that into practice, that's, uh, that's another thing. For example, how many people, you know, are actually thinking about switching <laughs> uh, 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 energy supplier to go for those that are actually promoting renewables or maybe uh, 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 providing their, their power from, uh, from renewable. Still not allowed, right? So, right. If, and I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, I, because I'm also thinking, because I would, I, I, I rent my place. I have a lease. So I don't own where mm. I live. But if I owned the building that I live in, I would be open or interested in exploring that option. I've seen homes in, in my neighborhood, in the community that have solar panels mm. on them. And I, I would love to, you know, I wish there were more, but yeah, I think it's, it also has to do with, as you mentioned with regulation, because I think it's not, the savings don't necessarily, and I could be completely wrong about this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud about why more residential buildings haven't made that kind of a switch. And I think it has to do with regulations as well as um, who is in charge, you know, the companies that are leading the, you know, the electricity grids or the electricity um, companies in various communities that have control and power over that and it makes it a road you know creates roadblocks for individuals that are interested in, in having solar panels exactly and thank you for saying that because uh uh by the way uh, you're talking about homeowner for example uh i we uh, we see my wife and i we own the the, the the house where we're living and one of the first things that i did when we bought the house was actually switching to go for uh, for uh, a renewable su uh, a, a supplier. So that's ju just to 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 uh, respond to what you, the comment that you're making. But coming back, was it to what was I'll... it was it easy to do that? Very. Right now, so it was. <laughs> so, but what if, do you not have to connect that to? Do you not have to connect it to your main electricity provider? Now, so okay, that's uh, okay. I don't know exactly how it's done in the, U, uh, in the US. Um, mm -hmm. In the UK, where I'm right now, it's very simple because the way it happens, it's yes, you switch, right? It's, on, but it's almost like you're switching accounts. Now, don't forget that uh, electricity, wherever it's produced, whether it's produced by gas, coal, whatever, it all goes to the national grid that will not distribute right so basically your home is still wired by the same wire that has been put in by the by the national grid you see right. it's just like when they do the accounts right so they will split to the uh, 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 to to figure out obviously who we supply uh, who is the customer of who basically right so that's that, uh, uh, but, but it doesn't mean that you as a customer will need to physically switch or change something. All you are changing, you're, you're just changing account. But what, they, uh, uh, but what it means in actual fact, in actual fact, it means that 
if all the supplier was going to provide, let's say, 100 kilowatt, uh, 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 100 kilowatt hour to the, to, the, to the national grid, and maybe renewables have 30. So when they do their account, they will consider that the guy that has switched to renewable will actually be accounted from the 30 as opposed to the other 70 where it used to belong to. It's something like that. But I just wanted to say that in terms of physically, nothing really actually changed. It's not like uh, they need to, they would need to bring the the line and connect and connect you up or something like that. So then, how do you connect it? I guess I'm just curious about this. Haven't I haven't spoken? To, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 just interested in understanding what that process is. You, no, you know. I think uh, well, in the UK, like I say, uh, you you are already connected. What I'm trying to say is actually you all feeding into the same pot. And that part then distribute energy go, uh, uh, and give it to, uh, to, to other people. It's almost like, if you imagine, so you, uh, if you're uh, an energy supplier, you generate your electricity. You go and put that into a pot, and that pot is a national grid. And now that pot would then serve it to the different customers uh, to the different customer that, uh, that are there. It's just when people are doing the, but basically it's the same, it's the same line from the national grid. Mm -hmm. like, because remember, once electricity is produced, there's no different whether that's electricity from the gas or coal or whatever. Right, right? So, yeah, gotcha. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no difference from that point on, right? So all, uh, all I'm just going to say, the question be, uh, becomes, that customer that is connected by the grid, when we do the account, we're going to have to decide who is this guy connected to? Is he connected to the fossil fuel guy or to the renewable guy, right? So when I say, if it's connected to the fossil fuel guy, it means that when this guy, uh, when I pay my electricity, when I pay for electricity, who am I going to give the money to? If I consider that it's the fossil fuel, so money is going to him. If I consider that it's for the renewable guy, the money is... So basically, that's the way it's sort of organized. But the wiring, it's all... Uh, 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 it's owned by the national grid. Yeah, and that doesn't change. So hopefully, I've explained it a little bit. I know it can be a little bit complicated because also myself, I did struggle, although I'm an engineer. I did struggle with that concept before. But uh, yeah. So that's no, that, that makes that makes sense. And I encourage I encourage listeners to do the research in their own communities. I believe in the United States yeah. there are different regulations per state of yeah. what is a what that process looks like. So I would encourage and I'm I'm gonna do a little bit more research and dig it a little bit more because I'm also very interested in knowing that. But mm. I encourage all the listeners to do the you know, to do the research in their own communities or states to yeah. see what that process would look like if they wanted to hook up to solar um, solar power. And so with that, I want to transition now into the specific um, the specific opportunities mm -hmm. that are available in the renewable energy space, right? So I was reading this other article um, that looks at some of the types of innovations that are happening right now with solar, solar, um, solar power and uh, energy. And mm -hmm. that includes things like paint that absorbs, you know, the sun's rays and things mm -hmm. like this. What mm -hmm. opportunities are there for you know, entrepreneurs that are interested in getting into the space or looking to make a career change. Mm -hmm. What are some opportunities from the entrepreneurial perspective in terms of what types of products or services are, you know, can be created? What are the gaps? And also for people that don't necessarily want to start their own thing, but would like to start working in the industry. What, mm -hmm. what, does, what do some of these opportunities look like? Okay, so um, again, that's a very uh, uh, excellent question. So I was just going to say, um, what are the, the gaps that are existing in, in, in solar? So solar or renewables at large is pretty much still a very young industry. In fact, when you talk about the dinosaurs of uh, renewables, these are guys in their 50s. So when you compare that, for example, with OG, which is oil and gas, yeah? So <laughs> this guy will be in the 60s, uh, 60s and 70s. So it shows you how still young the, uh, uh, the, the industry is. So there's still many things that needs to be uh, uh, put, uh, uh, put together in terms of uh, what are the, uh, 
the opportunities. So clearly, I think there is a uh, there is a uh, a place for consolidation because, for example, that's probably more more in terms of finance product. One of the things that uh, renewable tend to struggle with, especially for smaller size project, they don't always have enough people that would that would be happy to come and fund this project for those projects to, to 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 move forward. So, one of the way that people can come up with and make it uh, provide a solution is to provide some sort of aggregation solution whereby you assemble a number of projects. Uh, from renewables to create some sort of portfolio to sort of create a big project that you bring to an investor to be able to go and do it. Obviously, for you to be able to do that, you need to have a proper knowledge of uh, 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 transaction, this kind of transaction, so transactional skills. And those kind of transactional skills would have been developed in other uh, other sectors. It could be like real estate, it could be like uh, traditional uh, energy or, or manufacturing, but you simply just bring it into the into the uh, into, into the sector. That uh, that's number one. And more practically, as well, for people that sorry, you want to say something? Yeah, I sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I just when you were talking about you know kind of looking at you know some of these projects, some of their biggest challenges are not having the funding. So when you're so do you mean like a crowdfunding almost? Like putting together, a, like a platform where um, you can uh, gather. Okay. So the 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 okay. Let me let me better explain it. By the way, crowdfunding it's one innovative uh, uh, fine, uh, finance solution, financing solution that uh, uh, we see out there. But let's imagine the majority of funders, for example, that I'm I'm dealing with, right? That I get in touch with, right? They would say the minimal, the minimum sized uh, uh, transaction or deal size, they, they say, would be around $10 million and, and above, right? But there are many projects that do not reach this level, especially for emerging markets, right? Mm. So you have projects that need, let's say, 500K, a million dollar here, $2 million here. And these guys, they don't, they don't have enough people that are willing to fund them. And one of the reasons is that, so, uh, um, the transaction cost, whether you're working on a, on a small project or a big project, it's about the same, right? If you just think about it, just do this, then you need to go through, right? The number of right. checks that you need to, it's about the same. So when people see that, obviously it makes sense for them to work on a big project because then the margin are larger as opposed to working on a smaller project. So one way to go around it, that's what I was saying, right? Somebody can just aggregate. Let's say if I take a bunch of projects that need $1 million, right? If I, if I take 10 of them, so I have my 10 million that I can then bring into the, uh, bring it to the, uh, to the investor who, who was telling me that my, uh, the small D side that I'm willing to look at is 10 million, right? So this guy, once you brought those projects together, so you've able to harmonize them, harmonize Got them so that, it. you know, then, then, then for, for that investor, it makes a little bit more sense. But then again, uh, providing crowdfunding solution is another way. And by the way, there is a company, obviously I won't mention to them because uh, out of respect for your program, but there's, there is a German company that is doing exactly what you're saying. So what they've done, so they've developed a platform whereby they have crowd investor that are investing into their platform mm. and they will use this project now to go and develop project across the world, right? Especially in emerging markets. And uh, so that's another solution that, that exists in this company. So it was founded by, oh, I think, two still relatively young uh, guy that founded that used to work in the industry for other people. So they got together, created that, you know, figure out that they could bring that money to, uh, they can create a platform where people, because you always have a lot of uh, uh, small investors that want to uh, place their money into something interesting or maybe support the industry, which is actually right. one, way, one way people, how people can get involved. It's, you know, you can aggregate their money, right? If, so, if you know, for example, you know, uh, 10 people that are happy to make 100,000, that's already a million. That, uh, that you're having. And with that million, you can now fund maybe one or two projects that need maybe, I don't know, 500K each. So that's, that's, uh, that's one way 
industry uh, can progress, you know, from input from people. No, that's fascinating. I hear what you're saying, and, and it's super interesting. So basically, there's opportunities to bring together smaller scale investors or, you know, investors that want to be involved, but just don't have millions, but they have maybe tens of thousands or even less and mm -hmm. still want to get involved, but also presenting projects, grouping projects together and presenting them to larger investors to make it easier for them to, to sift through what, you know, the projects that should be on their radar. And so I would, yeah, I could see that streamlining this process um, could exactly. be, a, is, you know, could be a business opportunity. And also what I think is interesting there is for listeners that are interested in getting, you know, getting more involved um, in, in, in the renewable energy space, looking at what are some of these smaller investment opportunities that exist, um, which I also think is, is quite, you know, quite interesting. And then the other, and, you know, earlier you mentioned, and I wanted to circle back to this, you know, waste to energy, mm -hmm. that, that is an area where I think every country in the world could benefit from. Um, you know, we, as a, you know, as, as a, as a human, as species, we're definitely creating a lot of trash, right? Mm -hmm. Every year um, that's ending up in our oceans, it's ending up in landfills, it's things that are not going to, you know, break down and are just going to sit there for thousands of years. So we're certainly, you know, very good at producing large and large amounts of waste. So I would, I'm just wondering, because that's an area to me that I think can aspiring entrepreneurs or current um, companies that have budget maybe look into this as an opportunity to, you know, to, to, to expand or to build on what's already there in terms of waste energy. Yes, I, 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 I absolutely agree with that. So yes, that's fine. So I think what is the specific question there? I just want to make sure that I properly respond to that. So yeah, you, I, I, you wanted me just to expand into that. So yeah, well, I just kind of wanted to just look at what are, you know, anyone that's kind of interested in, in okay. you know, st putting, you know, putting their one foot into the industry to kind of see what, what's out there, what's possible yeah. from the entrepreneurship side, but also from mm -hmm. an individual side, if they want to go work for a renewable energy company, the types of um, opportunities that are out there is, is what I wanted to, to, to discuss. Okay. So, um, so in terms of the, the, the type of opportunity and uh, that are out there for people. So again, it, I guess it would depend on what people, I've always advised people whenever you want to change career, right? I can say that because I've sort of done it. So you need to be clear as to, first of all, why you want to do it and what you're looking for. Because the worst thing you, that you want to do is, is to just go and get stuck into something that's going to remind you of your old job. You definitely right. don't want to do that, right? right. So. Mm -hmm. You want to be very clear. So do you want to, uh, let's say, uh, build your own company and sort of uh, run it? Or do you want to go and work for somebody? Do you want to just advise? Because basically, uh, renewables energy is just like any industry. There are many, many levels where you can get involved in. So you can get involved in, for example, if, you have, uh, if, you, if you're a lawyer, right, you can specialize into... Uh, a renewable energy project. As, uh, you and I were just talking about the regulations, how large it is, how big it is. So you, know, you can understand that, obviously, if you're a lawyer, if, you're not, if you have a legal background, there's a lot that you can do there. Right. So if you have a finance background, again, finance is a big issue. You can specialize into that. How do you fund renewable energy projects? How, how can I make it bankable? How can I make it viable so that people can attract it? How can I bring money into it? So that's an angle that you, uh, you can look at. Because mm, yep. one thing that, you know, all the projects, like just any industry, people are looking for money to develop their projects. So if you have some skills there, you can tap into that. Now, if you have a technical background or you're an engineer, so you want to be developing your skills. So knowing that, uh, how can we design and develop uh, a, a, a sort of project and how can I break into it? So that's another angle that you can sort of uh, sort of look at. So it is no different than any industry. It's just like the the uh, the the topic here revolves around uh, a specific technology, right? So, but all those different kind of job, professional support role are needed, 
right? So, and it's all depend then what you exactly want to do. Now, one thing I then want to say as well, which is actually important, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to bring that up, is that when I started, it took me about roughly, I think the last decade sort of uh, find my way where I am uh, 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 at the moment. And it wasn't that easy because there isn't like a, a blueprint for you to, uh, to, to get to that state. I had to find information here and there, so make a lot of mistakes, spending a lot of money. And like I say, part, a big part of that money is what I call the cost of mistakes, right? <laughs> because you make a mistake, you find yourself into a, 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 a specific set of condition. You realize that, okay, that's not the right one. You got to change, find a, uh, find a, uh, the right role and jump into it. So it was uh, it was challenging to say uh, to say the least. But what we have, for example, recently done with my company, so we've come up with a program which is a a, a, a solar developer masterclass. These are for all the people that say, "Hey, I want to break into the industry. I want to be a solar developer. I want to develop project because it's very simple. But you need to know obviously how to how to acquire the right skill and. Uh, the right information. So we've developed uh, a virtual on-demand masterclass, you know, to give people all they need to make sure they can go from a complete beginner, whatever the background, all the way to an advanced and be able, and, and being able to be in a position to develop their, their, their first or many projects. And all of that in a matter of just few days or weeks, as opposed to years and decades. And, and thank you because, and actually that was going to be a little bit of, um, you, so, you shared so many nuggets of wisdom there because I was going to ask, what are some <laughs> tips for listeners um, yeah. that want to make the transition into that space? And you've provided so much good information, very realistic and practical information mm. on the mistakes that you've made and the, the, the challenges that you've faced and how you came, you know, how you turned all of that around to really be where you are today. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. So I do then want to use, before we wrap up, want to, um, for you to share the, the great things that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what are some of the projects that you've worked on, some of the impact mm -hmm. that you've seen in, in, you know, in, in other countries or any kind of feel good story, if you will, that you'd like to share? Good. Okay, so let me just talk about at uh, least a couple of examples. So uh, we d we're doing a lot of uh, a project that we are engaged in, for example, in Kenya. So here is a country uh, that a few years ago, right, was still having an electrification rate for the nat uh, national uh, figure was below 50%, right? But in a space, uh, but in in a space of five years, they've been able to take it to I think over sixty percent now, which is not a small thing. And most of it, uh, most of it, these are for, from project you know developed from renewables. You know, you're talking about a wind because they're actually having the the largest wind project in the uh, in the continent, but also uh, uh, lots of hydro and then and then uh, solar. And it's quite interesting to, for example, consider and look at Kenya because very recently I was uh, reading an article that was share, uh, shared to me by obviously uh, my guys, where essentially you had the national utility of the company of the of the country, which is called uh, KPLC, which essentially said at the moment they are struggling a lot for the simple reason that many of the large customers are now switching to solar because they're finding a more appropriate solution uh, for them. Or this guy, that means this guy are, are now losing customer and losing money. So, and they're not very much, they're not happy about that. And part of it is because a uh, project that we're working on, it will be, it's uh, what we call CNI project, which is commercial industrial, whereby you go and meet uh, various companies and you offer them to provide a solar hybrid solution to allow them to alleviate their their power uh, their power challenges and 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 in addition as well to reducing the uh, the energy consumption and energy and energy costs right so that's some of the impact that uh, we've we've seen from the work that 
not only we are doing, but also the whole industry and the whole uh, uh, sector. So another country that also is very interesting, it's uh, a country like uh, Botswana, which is actually where I started having, uh, doing my, uh, my first project. And it's a country that runs a lot on coal because they have a lot of coal over there, mm -hmm. right? Diamond as well, everybody knows that. And, and, uh, and they're still running a lot of, of coal. But thanks to the, actually the work that uh, a lot of people have done in the sector, myself included, raising awareness on the population. Now what we're seeing, it's a lot more people in the population are looking at to, to go solar. And there's a lot more inquiries and you can see a project here and there and even the national government right so they've been now pushing for a number of years to have uh tenders in place to be able to develop uh, a big project here uh in the countries okay so the project has not happened yet but i think in the next few years that's one thing that we will see but definitely at least at the population level you can clearly see there's now a a much more wider take up in terms of uh, in terms of uh, renewable. So that those are just two examples that I can mention. But clearly, what I can tell you is, compared to when uh, when I started, there is a lot more appetite, and you can see that from just the way people are talking about the sector. Thank you for sharing that. It got me thinking to um, opportunities as well internationally for mm. for people that are interested in getting into the renewable energy space because it's just it's what you just shared sounds so interesting and so exciting and mm -hmm. i would imagine you know i know people that would love to go work abroad and perhaps mm -hmm. that's an area as well for listeners to look mm -hmm. into i worked in sierra leone i worked um with you know in a private sector development program and our team um, worked across various sectors and one of those sectors was renewable energy. And mm -hmm. so it was my, that was my international experience in the renewable, you know, the renewable energy space. And just, it was amazing to see what was going on there. The, you know, the various um, renewable energy companies that were establishing themselves in the country, the, the, the conversation and dialogue around imports and exports of renewable energy products specifically solar panels. So it was, it, it just gives me, an, uh, reminds me of another opportunity as well for, for people that are looking to work abroad that the renewable energy space could be an area for them to explore and see what skills they have that might yeah. be needed in some of these programs. Because as you mentioned, you know, lawyers, engineers, um, even marketing folks like myself Absolutely. could, you know, could, could bring value and, and provide, you know, help with some of these programs. So I do want to um, make sure that you share, you know, do you have any upcoming webinars coming up or, you know, yes. how can people sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll respond to that, but let me just first say one, one quick thing uh, when we talked about opportunities you know abroad absolutely absolutely i will uh, i will subscribe to that because here is a guy obviously i'm talking about me yes <laughs> that, that, that used to work for okay yes i was part of a let's say a large company but we're just one sector right by just jumping into the into the industry i've been able to work into project of certainly in in, in europe and africa for sure in the U.S., so you and I, Angela, obviously, we worked on a project together. It yes, Puerto, we did. In, in Puerto mm -hmm. Rico, right? And uh, we definitely were enjoying your marketing skills. <laughs> so, Thank you very and, uh, much. And, 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 uh, and I'm also actually involved at the moment as well in uh, a corporate project in, in, in Asia. So absolutely. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah, that's so very that's exciting. What, yeah. I, I wanted to say, yeah, absolutely. In fact, the, the huge, huge, many opportunities abroad. Yeah, definitely. And that's actually what you're gaining when you come into a sector. I definitely strongly encourage people that want to make the move to do it. Obviously, it's not, it's not easy per se. However, like I say, when there is a will, there is a way. And definitely the rewards are, uh, are worth it, definitely. Now, exactly. And it's also not that, I know it's, it can seem daunting, but it's actually, it's not the easiest thing, but it's also not the hardest thing to do. No. Um, I think 
you know, working abroad, I just saw so many combinations of uh, uh, family arrangements, Mm -hmm. single people, married people, people with children. And I realized, okay, there are ways to do this. Um, Absolutely. No matter what your situation is, family-wise, because I know family commitments and and Mm. things like this make it difficult, but there are ways. There are ways to to do this. Absolutely. And yeah, so that's why I strongly encourage people. I can tell you, uh, yes, it's challenging because... Uh, not only because it's renewable, but simply because as an entrepreneur anyway, so you're going through uh, a set of challenges that you need to overcome. Right. However, I think it's very much fulfilling. I think I would say I'm having a great time with myself because I know that, you know, what I do is what I wanted to do. And by the way, I'm now being part of the solution and this is what I wanted. So I definitely will never complain. Very uh, much are. Uh, and, and I applaud you because you are doing great work thank you appreciate that appreciate that you really are you're, you're you. changing lives you're changing <laughs> lives and renewable energy can change lives it can make our planet better and that's why i'm so happy that you were on the show and shared so much um again you're right this is one of those conversations that can very easily be dragged out into like three hours <laughs> because there's so much ground to cover but um but just yeah. knowing your story, knowing, you know, what you've been able to accomplish, knowing the work that you're doing, the impact you're having in people's lives and communities and countries around the world, really, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, it's, it's commendable. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And that's one of the things that I want listeners to really take away from this conversation is, is that, you know, there are, renewable energy is such a good space to to think about when we're thinking about how to make this world a better place and what you can do as an individual to have impact and the various ways to go about renewable energy excellent and just to finish up very quickly angela because um i noticed that i didn't respond to that but i always like to respond to questions that i've been uh, i'm being asked so yes, you're so please. good that's because you're on bbc and you know all the things <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how I to know, do the interviews know, you, you've been gonna... interviewed by the top but you know by the top <laughs> top people so <laughs> whoa but i can say the best the best person was angela i can tell you <laughs> i i appreciate you saying that i do i do um I think because for me, you're just the next, uh, uh, you know, um, Katie Couric, right? So, uh, oh my gosh, so you know, I love, you know, I was on her show. I love me some Katie Couric. If she ever listens to this, shout outs to Katie. She's amazing. She's amazing. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what makes me so excited is to, ha- you know, to have people like you that come on. Thank you. Because yeah, you're such it. a big that's, deal. That's, that's, uh, that's the same. I think the pleasure is, the pleasure is all mine, actually. Like I say, it, it was a do. And uh, as you were saying, so if there are people that want to uh, uh, connect with us, we definitely on pretty much all the social media, we have different social media handles, you know, uh, Facebook, Renewables in Africa. They find us on LinkedIn, Renewables in Africa, on Instagram. So uh, we are there on YouTube as well. And uh, we have in our next workshop that is on Wednesday, the 9th of December, where we're going to be talking about how people can break into renewable energy and become a solar entrepreneur and do their first viable solar project. So, yes, that's where they can find out. And I'm sure if they go into all those social media uh, uh, space, as I mentioned, uh, they should be able to find information about that and to sign up for the workshop. And I'm going to make sure that all of that's included on the website, all of the links to everything to social media handles. So it's easy to, to find. So that's awesome. And, you know, I encourage listeners to check out these workshops. Um, if, if you're interested in getting into the renewable energy space and understanding what's out there, what's available, just getting, you know, a deeper dive into it. Um, Tony's workshops are awesome. You make an investment in yourself and in your future of what it is that, you know, you're trying to accomplish. And yes, so I, I, I think it's worth the money. I think it's, you know, you, you really do provide a lot of knowledge and to be able to have, you know, to be able to pick your brain on that level, um, you know, if, if you're someone who's trying to get into the space on a serious, you know, seriously wants to get into the space, I think that's super valuable. Exactly. Thanks for that. Like I say, if you're serious, not curious, 
definitely we can help you. <laughs> yes. So with that, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Tony, for, for being here. You're awesome. I, I, it, it truly means a lot to me that you're here. Um, to the listeners, um, please check us out again next week. We have another Brit in the house um, <laughs> who's going to be talking the same same theme of, of sustainability and, and all and all of those things. But he's actually, this guest is going to be a little bit more from the investment side of things. And so I'm very excited that he's going to be on and, and we're all friends. He knows Tony. And so um, again, I'm just afraid of mine. <laughs> yes. So I'm just happy that, you know, you folks on the other side of the pond are, are so keen to come on to my podcast and um, and it, you know, British accents and, and just all accents actually are, <laughs> are just, they always sound, because your accent's awesome. Um, all you. accents always sound quite nice, uh, I think, on, on podcasts. So I, that's another aspect that I want to thank you for. Um, you. So, yes, yeah, so the listeners, please tune in next week. Um, make sure to read Tony's full bio on the website. Check out all of the links that, that are included there, all the things we talked about, all the ways to reach him. And until next week, take care. Bye.